Okay, thank you so much, Rav Nassim, for that very generous uh, introduction. Uh, I want to thank Rav Nassim for organizing uh, this year and many shirim over the last couple of months. And uh, want to be mavarichim and his mishpacha that in the schutz of his hazakas atayra, Baruchim to be machzik him and his mishpacha for simchas nachas to his toivos adbias koyel seven. I want to thank my good friend Rav Aaron Subar at the camera. And um, if anybody wants to get the Marmakaimais for any of the Shurim, please contact Rab Aaron. He'll be very happy to email them at office at rabbidg.com. Go to the website. Okay. <coughs> okay, welcome everyone. We have a very interesting subject today that's relevant to this time of the year and to Hanukkah in particular. There's a very interesting comment to the Benishai. The Ben Eshchai says that on Shabbos Chanukah you should eat more than other Shabbosites. You should be marbe in the Suda of Shabbos Chanukah than any other Shabbos. Certainly if Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh. And says the Ben Eshchai, you should be marbe in the Suda of Rosh Chodesh Teves. And our minogis, as a better shy, that on Rosh Chodesh Teves, we light a nair, Le'ilu Nishmas, Rev Meir Balanes. Okay, very nice. Why do we light a nair, Le'ilu Nishmas, Rev Meir Balanes, on Rosh Chodesh Teves? And by the way, this is brought, Lahalacha and the Kapachayim. So you say, well, you know, this is an Ashkenazic audience, so we're always thinking about lighting candles. But that's what the Benishai writes, and the Kapachayim codifies it. Moreover, Rav Chaim Falaji, Rav Nassim quoted Rav Chaim Falaji, he mentions from his son, who wrote a sefer, which I believe was originally written in Ladino. Ladino is basically Yiddish for people from Spain, you know? So, I remember when I was in yeshiva, in, um, in elementary school, they used to teach sukkim into Yiddish. So, I remember the first Rashi ever learned, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim. Malachim Mamish. Mamish Malachim. But the problem was, I didn't know what Malachim were, I didn't know what Mamish was. It took me about six years to figure out what Rashi was saying. But Ladino is basically Yiddish for. Uh, so the Sefer Vayan Avram was written in uh, Ladino. <coughs> Rokhaim Falaji, his father, says that my son writes. That on Chanukah, one should be Menadev Tzedakah, Le'iloi Nishmas, or Meir Balanes, and especially Rosh Chodesh Teves, one should be Menadev Tzedakah, Le'iloi Nishmas, or Meir Balanes, send the money to Tavaria. Okay? What's Rav Meir Balanes got to do with Chanukah? What does it have to do with Rosh Chodesh Teves particularly? No information is given, not in the Benishchai, not in the Kapachayim, and not in the Moye B'cholchai of Rav Chaim Falaji. So let's go to a question you probably Shalichim of Sternberg Sutta. A question you probably never heard this question before. You know, they, they come into the Heichal and they're looking for oil, they're looking, they're looking, looking, and lo and behold they found enough oil to last for one day and it lasted for eight days. So I'm gonna tell you a kasha you probably never heard before in your life. <laughs> Why is Chanukah eight days? If the miracle only occurred for seven days, Chanukah should be seven days. So at least I came here, I told you something new. A chiddush. By the way, you know, the Beis Yosef asked that question. But the chiddush is, it's not the kasha of the Beis Yosef. Rishonim already asked this question. They say, for ha'eshkoel, 
the Sefer Ho'itim, the Orchis Chaim of Rabbi Aaron of Luniel also asked this question, why is Hanukkah eight days? It should be seven days. But we're going to ask a new question. Maybe you never heard this question before. And that is the question of the Mordechai and the question of the Avudrahan. They want to know, why do we not have nine days of Hanukkah? After all, we know that every Yantav has Seka the Yoyma. Pesach is eight days. Sukkot is nine days. Shavuot is two days. We should have nine days of Hanukkah out Seka the Yoyma. So you're thinking, what do you mean Hanukkah is a Drabanan? We don't have Seka the Yoyma on Drabanan. Not so fast, because the Mordechai asks, we should have Seka the Yoyma on Purim. And the Mordechai answers, the only reason we don't have Seka the Yoyma on Purim is because it says Velo Yavar, you know how to go beyond Tesvav, but by Hanukkah it doesn't say Velo Yavar, we should have Seka the Yoyma, we should have nine days of Hanukkah. So I always thought, and this is nothing to do with the Shir, that the two questions answer each other. Really, there's seven days of Hanukkah, like the Beis Yosef is right, and the eighth day is Seka the Yoyma. But nobody gives that answer. Okay. So that's the question. Why don't we have Seka the Yoyma on Hanukkah? So there's a great Tana by the name of Reb Meir. As you know, I have a special affinity with the Tana Reb Meir. And Reb Meir had a father-in-law. His name was Reb Chanina ben Tradyoin. Reb Chanina ben Tradyoin. Yeah, he's in the Sukhshasha. Parshas Vayishlach. Why? Because it says uh, when uh, Shechem tells his father, I won Choshka Nafshi Bedina, so uh, Shechem has to persuade uh, the residents of a city to allow the Bnei Yaakov to come in. He says, It's a very expansive land. The Rachaim HaKadosh says, Somehow the soul of Rabbi Hanin ben Tradion was trapped in Shechem. And I like to suggest that we know in the beginning of the parasha, Yaakov Avinu was afraid, Shema Yaroig Acherim. And Racherim, of course, the ballet, Dorshe Rishumai says, refers to Rabbi Meir. So Yaakov Vino wanted to make sure that if he doesn't kill Esau, to make sure that Reb Meir is still around. But it's not enough to have Reb Meir because we need Reb Meir's wife, Broria, because she taught him a few things as well. So after Yaakov Vino ensures that Reb Meir sticks around, he goes to Shechem and he rescues the Shver of Reb Meir, namely Reb Hanani ben Tradio. But that's a discussion for a different time. But the Gemara says Reb Hanani ben Tradio had another daughter, and because he taught Torah Barabim, she was taken, and there was a gzair on her that she was taken to a base zainos, to a brothel. And he was distraught, and her sister was distraught, so she goes to Rameir, and she says, Rameir, do me a favor, rescue my sister. So Rameir says, this is not exactly a place that I, I want to be found in the base zainos. She says, you got to save her. So he goes into the base zainos, he tells the shoymer, listen up, I need to rescue my sister-in-law. He said, no, yeah. Who's your sister-in-law? He says, uh, that one. So first he wanted to see whether she's still Taha, whether she's still Tzadikah. So he made an attempt, and she pushed him off. She said, I'm Tame, not now, they're better ones. And he realized that she remained Tahar. And uh, the warden says, what do you want to do with her? He says, I want to take her out. He said, uh, the warden said, I'm gonna, they're going to kill me. So Rameh said, I'm not going to do anything to you. Here, take the following tefillah. The tefillah is... The mayor, I mean, the, the Sherman says, well, yeah, what's that going to do? So the mayor says, watch, watch. He takes a clot of earth, he throws it at a Kelev. Kelev is Gematria 52. By the way, the Yevanim, the Rambam writes in the Gersa Teman, ruled over Yisrael for 52 years, the Gematria Kelev. 
The Yavanim are rooted in the force of Tuma of Kelev, which is prevalent primarily in Chodesh Teves, by the way. That's why the Muntasha writes, almost always, the Gezerites of the Goyim are decreed on the Jewish people in the month of Teves. Historically, they always happen in the month of Teves. And that is why Yoim Edom, the birth of their Mamzer, is this particular month, because they're rooted in the Kayach of the Kelev. Okay, and hang on to that. We'll see if we come back to that. Be it as a mayor, a mayor has a particular Kayach to overcome Kelev, dogs. So he takes a cloud of earth, he throws it at the Kelev, and the Kelev starts uh, attacking, and they say, and the Kelev uh, drops dead. So the Shomer was impressed, and the Shomer said, fine, very good, uh, here's your daughter, uh, here's your sister-in-law, and Rav Meir takes the sister-in-law, and the Gemara says that Rav Meir became a wanted man. They put up a poster of him on every, on the gates of Rome, Rav Meir is a wanted man. By the way, throughout Shas, Rav Meir is always busy with dogs. For example, in the Mishnah Brachas, that Pesam When is this man kriya shema shel shachris? So we say, when you can tell the difference between blue wool and white wool, blue wool and green wool, whatever it is. And Reb Meir says, no, when you can tell the difference between a kelev and a ze'ev. And Rabbi Kiva says, no, when you can tell the difference between a chamor and an aroid. So the smichas hachamim says, they're all the same exact opinion. But they were saying what they were familiar with. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Kiva was familiar with a chamor. By the way, Rabbi Shamshin Meyashapoli writes in this week's parsha, Rabbi Akiva was a nitzus of chamor, Shem ben chamor. That's why Rabbi Akiva said, kechamor. So Rabbi Akiva is always busy with the chamor. And Rabbi Meir is busy with the kelev. So Rabbi Meir was an expert in dogs. Why? Somehow this month, the month of Teves, the month when the forces of evil are rooted in the Kelev, the Yavan, in 52 years, Rav Meir has a particular Kayach. So let's begin with the following question. Ask the Marsha. Rav Meir would say, How could you say, We have a principle that the Rebbein does not designate his name on Tzadikim V'chayim. The Yerushalayim does not associate his name with the righteous while they're still alive because you never know. A person could be a tzaddik for a decade, for two decades, for 80 years, and they could veer off in the end. So Yerushalayim doesn't take any chances. He will not say, Eloikei anybody, not Eloikei Yeshaya, Eloikei Yirmiya, Eloikei Yecheskel. That's why the Yerushalayim said, Pachad Yitzchak, I Eloikei Avram. Okay, there's an answer to that. Maybe Avram is not an individual, he's Klal Yisrael. Okay, so how could Reb Meir say, Eloka de Meir, Reb Meir is still alive, Yubansham does not associate his name with Tzadik and Mechayim. By the way, who's the example of somebody who after 80 years veered off? Yoichanan Kohen Gadol. Yoichanan Bimei Matisyahu ben Yoichanan Kohen Gadol. The author of Alanisim. You know who authored Alanisim? Yoichanan himself authored Alanisim. You know how many words are in Alanisim? Either 124 words or 125 words. It's Machlik, it's the Kalboy and the Reikeach. Yoichanan is Gematria 124. So either he wrote 
a tefillah corresponding to the number, uh, the gematria of his name, or because of his humility, he wrote 125 words with one more word than the gematria of his name. And here Rabbi Yochanan himself, the, the Tana, the Kohen Gadol, he went off. Which is very difficult to understand, because then why do we still say his tefillah? Usually the rule is, if somebody goes off, we take their stuff and we put it under the rug. The Gra in the Imre Noyam Ambrachet says there were two Yochanan Kohen Gadol. But according to most, it was the exact same Yochanan Kohen Gadol. So Kozenberg Rebbe has a tshuva that somehow Yochanan had a tikkun to the miracle of Hanukkah and it's Marumah in a Mishnah in Shabbos. Rabbi Huda Oimer B'ner Hanukkah Pater Right, do you remember the Mishnah? The Mishnah says, right, because what's the machlokis between the Sadoikim and the Prushim? Do you do you put the make the fire outside and then make the ktaras, or do you bring the ktaras inside and then light it fire? So Rabbi Yochanan, Yochanan. That was the opinion of the Tzadokim. Rabbi Huda Oimer, B'ner Chanukah, Potter, somehow through the miracle of Chanukah, Yochanan, Koingodah, had his tikkun. But here's the question. The question is, how could, how could Rameir offer this tefillah? Elokah Demeir Anini, but the Rebunshim does not associate his name with Tzadikim, B'chayim. Another interesting question. Magen Avram. So Magen Avram says, although we're familiar that many Yom and Tavim are associated with the Mitzvah of Tzedakah. So you have on Purim, you have Matanas Avyoinim, on Pesach, you have Mois Chitim. The Magen Avram brings the Minog of the Na'arim is to go around and to collect house to house on Chanukah. Where does this come from? The Magen Avram quotes Chanukah Sabayis. Who's the Chanukah Sabayis? Chanukah Sabayis was written by a Kadmoin, Rabbeinu Sha'ol, from the times of the Marsha. By the way, interestingly, the Sefer Chanukah Sabayis is a Sefer entirely written on the Perush, a Perush on the Pizmoin Haneroi Halalo. Where do you get it? I don't know. I once went to a random uh, sponsor in Williamsburg, and for one of the Skvera Rebbe's Hasanas, they published the Chanukah Sabayis. I think that's the only time I ever saw it. So there's a Sefer Chanukah Sabayis, and, and the whole Sefer is on that the Haneroi Talolu should have either 36 words or 44 words. 36 Keneged, the 36 Neros of Hanukkah, or 44 Keneged, the 44 Neros of Hanukkah. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. It has nothing to do with anything, but with Hanukkah is coming up. But um, a remez to Hanukkah in this week's Parsha. Okay, it's an original remez. It's uh, in Yosef's dream. I'm going to say it very quickly. A remez to Hanukkah and Yosef's dream. So Yosef has two dreams, right? He dreams about all the bundles bowing down to him, right? So Yosef dreams about the bundles, and then Yosef dreams about the, star, the sun, the moon, the stars, all bowing down to him. However, if you look in the Pesukim, after Yosef told his brothers the first dream, it says, 
by a sifu oitsenoi oisoi al chaloi moisa. They hated him about his dreams. The question is, he only had one dream. You ever, you ever have this kasha? Yosef says over one dream, and it says they hated him about his dreams. He only said one dream. So the Bartanura writes that there is a third dream in the parsha that's not described and not discussed, but it's understood. What's the third dream? Third dream, you have to know what it says in Parshas Vayechi. Parshas Vayechi, after the Ptira of Yaakov Avinu, so the brothers are getting nervous. You know, yeah, Yosef's going to take revenge. So Yosef tries to calm his brothers down. And Yosef says to the brothers, what, what are you worried about? Yosef consoled the brothers. He spoke to their heart. Says the Gemara Megillah, what did Yosef tell the brothers? Says the Gemara Megillah, Yosef told the brothers, if ten candles can't put out one candle, then how should one candle put out ten candles? That's the Gemara Megillah. Yosef told the brothers, if ten, meaning when you guys had me in the pit and you couldn't extinguish me, the ten of you couldn't put me out, then I, as the one candle, I can't put you out. Where did Yosef get the analogy of candles from? Ask the Bartanura. Why didn't Yosef say if uh, ten clubs couldn't hit one, then one can hit them? Because if ten fish couldn't swallow one little one, well, where did Yosef get the analogy of candles? Says the Bartanura, that was the first dream of Yosef. Yosef had a dream that ten candles could not put out one candle. So why doesn't the Torah record it? Says, says the Bartanura, the Torah doesn't record in this week's parsha because it didn't really bother the brothers. Because all Yosef was telling him then was, don't worry, you can never destroy me, you can never harm me. So the first dream of Yosef is, he has no illusions of grandeur, he's not dreaming of being the Melech, he's just saying, you guys will never harm me. Yeah? So it's not recorded because it didn't bother the brothers. So the first dream of Yosef was what? Ten candles can't put out one candle. So let's make a cheshben. Yosef has a dream. How many candles does he see in the dream? How many mirrors does he see in the dream? Eleven. Yeah? And then he goes and he tells the brothers about how many candles? Eleven candles. Roughly twenty. And then in Vayechi, he says, if ten can't put out one, another eleven, then how could one put out ten? These are the forty-four neiros of Hanukkah in the dreams of Yosef. Twenty-two in this week's parasha. Twenty-two in parasha's life. Now, one more little detail. When does Yosef tell the brothers... That if ten can't put out one, one can't put out ten. After the Avelis of Yaakov was completed. Now how long was the Avelis of Yaakov? Thirty days and then forty days. When was Yaakov buried? When, when did Yaakov pass away? So uh, Seder Oilam says he was Nifter on birthday of Sukkot. That means his Kavura was seventy days later. When? On Hanukkah. So on Hanukkah, Yosef tells the brothers, ten can't put out one, how are one supposed to put out ten? So the remez to Hanukkah in the dreams of Yosef happened on Hanukkah. But be it as it may, 
So we're back to the Magen Ram. The Magen Ram starts with the Minigam Hanukkah to give out tzedakah. In fact, in the Sefer Hanukkah's Habayis, he says, if you use the trick called Atbash, and you take the word Hanukkah, so the Ches becomes the letter Samach, and if you Atbash the letters of Hanukkah, you get 269 Gematria Soid Tzedakah. The essence of tzedakah. So take the word Hanukkah, atbash it, you get 269, the essence of tzedakah. What is Hanukkah? Hanukkah is nothing less than the essence of tzedakah. First of all, what would Hanukkah have to do with tzedakah in the first place, let alone why would Hanukkah be the very essence of tzedakah? So we come to the Alanisim, and there's a very important and interesting ha'ara. Alanisim begins. The Yavanim came and they attacked the Jewish nation. And then the Yavanim saved us. And to the nation of Israel, he made a great salvation. And then at the end of Alanisim, the Achar came. So what happened? We got a name change. In the beginning of Alanisim, we're Amcha. In the middle of Al-Anisim, we're Amcha. In the end of Al-Anisim, we're Banim. What happened in the Al-Anisim? Another important question. If I were to ask you, what, were, what was the primary Gezerah of the Ivanim? What did they decree on Kal Yisrael? So, you look through Shas Babli, and what does Shas Babli tell us about the decree of the uh, Ivanim? Shas Babli says nothing. There's not one word. We have no, nothing. It doesn't say they didn't do anything. What? Shabbos Milchodesh. Shabbos Milchodesh. Oh, Shabbos Milchodesh. Very nice. Where does it say that? Everybody knows. But the Loikotov, not Bebavli, not Yishalmi, and not in anywhere other than Megillah's Tainus. In Megillah's Tainus, it says, which by the way is very early, Megillah's Tainus is the earliest Tarsha Baltan. Megillah's Tainus. Said there were goyzer on Chodesh Milan Shabbos. However, if you look in the Medrash, the Medrash says they had this very uh, interesting gezerah. The Medrash says that there's a remez to the Dalid Goliath in the beginning of the Torah. Soyu is Bavel, Vayu is Madai, Choyshech is Yavan. Shehechshichu inehem shal Yisrael b'gvei They darkened our eyes with their decrees. V'oymrim lahem. Kisvu al Karanasha. Write on a uh, the horn of an ox. Shein lachem chelak belekeisrael. They have no share in the rebbeinish lama. Interesting. In the medrash, all we find is they made us write on the horn of an ox. We have no chelak in Akadosh Baruch In Megillah's Tainus, we find that they made a decree that we can't observe Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. So, which one was it? Did we have to write on the horn of an ox? that we have no share in the Rebani Shalom? Or did we have to, uh, did, did we have to uh, give up the observance of Chodesh, Milan Shabbos? How do you reconcile? Why does the Medrash say three? And uh, why does Megillah's Tainus say three? And the Medrash says one. How do these Gezeras work together? So there's a great man by the name of Yosef HaTzadik. And he comes to Paroi. And he says, Yasa Paroi. V'yavke pekidim al ha'aretz Literally, uh, Yosef tells Parai, I want you to prepare, I want you to 
uh, arm the land of Egypt, they have to be ready for the upcoming years of famine. However, the Chida brings down from the Darshay Rishumais that Yosef was preparing Mitzrayim for the ultimate descent of the Jewish people into Egypt, and Yosef was Mitzakein, and he advised Parah to be Mitzakein, that Klal Yisrael and Mitzrayim need to be able to observe the following. V'chimesh, Chodesh, Milah, and These three mitzvahs even preceded the giving of the Torah. Yosef was Mitzakein in Mitzrayim, he told Parah, V'chimesh, Chodesh, Milah, and Shabbos. Why? Why was Yosef Mitzakein, Chodesh, Milah, and Shabbos? Says the Holy Chida. Says the Chida, Yosef knew that we have a problem. Yeah, Houston, we have a problem. And the problem is that Bnei Israel needs to be in Mitzrayim 430 years. But if we're going to be in Mitzrayim for 430 years, we will disappear so fast after 87 years, after 210 years, that we would assimilate, we would disintegrate, and we would cease to be a nation. So Yosef had to come up with a plan that the Rebbe Hashem is going to take us out early. Now, how can he take us out early? We're, we have to be there 430 years. The only way he would take us out early is if the Rebbe Hashem would reckon the intensity of the Shibut and consider the fact that we work so intensely as if we worked overtime. Now, says Chidat, if, if there's a decree on somebody that they have to work a certain amount of time, whatever it is, and they work harder... They're not leaving earlier. I mean, that's just how it is. If there's a decree on someone, you need to spend X amount of time somewhere, then by you got to be there. The only person that it makes a difference to, the only person who's going to take into the cheshvan the intensity of the servitude, is if the, the, the person doing the serving is a child, is a ben, is the son of the person who made the decree. Says the chidah, Yosef understood. The only way the Jewish people are leaving Egypt early is if Hashem will consider us His beloved children and then say, okay, I know you need to be there 430 years, but I will reckon the intensity of the labor as if you, you did the time. We know that even though we were supposed to be in the time 430 years, the actual time of intense Shibud was only 86 years. One-fifth of the amount of time we were supposed to serve. That's what Yosef is saying. V'chimesh. We need to get out after one-fifth of the time. How are we going to get out after one-fifth of the time? If we establish three mitzvahs that are koiveya, that Klal Yisrael are indeed the beloved children of Hashem. Which mitzvahs of all the mitzvahs in the Torah demonstrate that we are banim lamakoim, choydesh, mila, and Shabbos? Says the chidah. We'll start with Chodesh. Here you have a Bezdin, and they don't know what they're doing. They don't really know the Halacha. And they proclaim, Rosh Chodesh was yesterday, and even though Rosh Chodesh is supposed to be tomorrow. So when you do, do you observe a Yom Kippur, you follow the Bezdin. What happens if you don't follow the Bezdin? You're going to be punished in Hashemayim. What happens if you follow the Bezdin, who don't know what they're talking about? You're going to get Schar Meruba, She'ein Kol Malach Uberia Yechelon Mashayim. But, but the Bezdin, they don't know what they're doing. They, they, they don't know the sugya. doesn't matter. What if the Bezdin intentionally decided to distort the halacha? You have to follow the Bezdin. What happens if you don't follow the Bezdin? You could be chayv skila. 
What happens if you follow the Bezdin? You're going to get reward in Lashayim. Wait a second. Why is Rebbein allowing himself to be handcuffed by a Bezdin that is unlearned and wicked? They bemazed are trying to distort the Jewish calendar. The answer is, it's Gzeres HaKasav. Atem, Atem, Atem. Atem afilu shoigegim, Atem afilu mazidim, Atem afilu mutayim. It doesn't matter if they're unintentional, intentional, mistaken, you gotta follow the Bezdin. So why is Rebun Shem handcuffing himself to the Bezdin? Says the Chida, that's because the din of Rosh Chodesh demonstrates that Rebun Shem loves the Jewish people so much that he treats us like his beloved children and he says, I am subject to whatever you say. Mila also, the Chida brings. Mila, the Zayar says, someone who is Shoimer, the Mila demonstrates he's a Bentak of Ishbarku. And of course, Shabbos. We know, Goy Sheshabas Chayit Misa. A Goy that rests on the seventh day is uh, liable to the death penalty. Why? Because the Rebbein Shalom rested on Shabbos. So Shabbos is the scepter of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shabbos is Hashem's prized possession. Who dares to pick up the scepter of the king? Someone who picks up the scepter of the king is a Moirid Bamalfas. There's only one individual who's authorized to pick up the scepter of the king. That's the king's child. So Shabbos demonstrates we're Banim Lamakoyim. So these three mitzvahs, Yosef tells Parah, we need to establish them in Mitzrayim. Because if we establish them in Mitzrayim, then Chayisolah will have a din of Banim. And if we have a din of Banim, we could get out early. By the way, the Chidah says that there's another thing we need to have a din Banim for. Because the Gemara has a very interesting question. The Gemara asks, when Hashem buried Moshe and was metame himself to Moshe, what mikvah did he go into? Yeah? That was the Kasha of the Gemara. Nowadays, they have, they talk, they have pretty big mitzvahs, but back then, you know, there's a Kasha. What mikvah to the Rebbe So Toysus asks, what mikvah did he go to? Why don't you ask how the Rebbe was allowed to be metame to Moshe? The Rebbe a koyen. And a koyen cannot be metame. Toysus says, it's not a problem. We're banim lamakon, and uh, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, even though he's a koyin, he could be matame to his shiva koyin. I, Rebbein Shalom's a koyin gadol. No, he's not. Mipnei an v'sanusai, he doesn't want to be koyin gadol. Says the Chida, Avakasha. Klal Yisrael is a mit- in Mitzrayim is a makim tuma. Rebbein Shalom's a koyin. How could he come and take us out? He's making himself tame. Yvonne can't make himself tame. Toysus is kasha. A koyin can't be metame. Says the chida, that's why Yosef was masakin, choydesh, mila, and Shabbos, so that we would have a din banim, so that even though the Yvonne Shem's a koyin, he could be metame to us and be goyim. That's the chida. Says the chida, in the times of the Yvonim, Yvonim were very smart people. They appreciated Chachma. They appreciated knowledge. They appreciated intellect. What the Yavanim could not stand, they couldn't take the fact that Klal Yisrael thought that we were more elite, we were closer to the Yavanim than anybody else. They didn't like the fact that we said, we are the children of Hashem. Right? You ever hear they say, after all, we're all, we're all the children of the Lord. 
right? It's a bunch of rubbish. It's not true. We're not all the children of the Lord. The Mishnah says, Banim Atem Bashem You, Klali Yisrael, you're the children of Hashem. So the Ivanim said, how can we make Klali Yisrael feel that they don't have a special Kesha to Ivanim, that they don't have a, a special relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? If we're able to be Mavato, the mitzvahs of Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos, which are the mitzvahs that demonstrate we are Banim Hashem, then Klali Yisrael will know the truth. They'll recognize that if they don't have these three mitzvahs, they'll know, Ein lanu chilek be'loikei Yisrael. Says the Chidah, it's, it's three mitzvahs that demonstrate that we have a chilek in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We could explain even further. So Rav Nassim and I were in, uh, we were in Hebron about a year ago. At, uh, the, we were at the cover of the Chesed Li'avram. Chesed Avram was the great-grandfather of the Chida. And the Chesed Avram wondered, what does it mean that Klai Yisrael are the children of Hashem? What's that supposed to mean? And I like to say over, so you're in the store, which is your first mistake, and the, the bigger mistake is you brought your kids with you. And they're acting up, especially if you're in the clothing store, and they're running you know, into the clothing under the rack, and they're so, who are these kids? I found them on my doorstep one day and I had Rachmanus on them and I, I, I took them in. You know, when they behave, of course, we like to say they're, they're our children. When they don't behave, you know, we're watching them. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Your kid is your kid is your kid is your kid. Rabbi Huda holds, Rabbi Huda holds not so. Rabbi Huda is of the opinion that in terms of our relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu, if we behave, we are God's children. If we don't behave, we are not related. The Yvon Shem is babysitting for us. He found us somewhere. That would be a convenient relationship with our children, but you know we don't have that luxury. But according to Rabbi Huda, the Yvon Shem has the luxury of saying that if we're not behaving, he doesn't know who we are. He hired us, and we're not doing the job. That is the opinion of Rabbi Huda. Rameir holds no. Rameir is the opinion, Kedushan Lamed Vav, Mikram Bonim. No matter what we do, we are always the children of Hashem. And as we know, Rameir cites four psukim to, to uphold his shita. Banim sechalem, banim mashchisim, banim loyeimon bam, b'nei kelchai. Meaning, the Gemara says, Rameir is of the opinion, whether we're foolish, whether we don't believe in Hashem, whether we're mushchasim, we're always called Zisa Taira Kindulach, the Gemara. Now, let's try to understand that. Because we understand that if we have a child, it's our child. The father and mother contribute to the genetic code of the child. They gave the child his DNA. The child is literally a piece of the parent. The father gives the, the Lovan, the mother gives the Oidem. The child is from the essential makeup of the parent. What would it mean that a Jew is a child of Hashem? Are we all the creations of Hashem? How is a Jew more the child of Hashem than anybody else? So the Chesed Avram writes, this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Ki Hashem Amoy. The same way your child has your 
physical DNA, the Rebbeinu Shalom has given the Jewish people the spiritual code of their neshama. The Jewish neshama is qualitatively of different essential makeup than the neshama of any other being. So while we respect all mankind, and Chaviv Adam Shenivra B'Tselem, but Chaviv and Yisrael Shenikru Banim Lamak, and we have a different neshama. Our neshama is Chelek Hashem. Chelek Hashem means we are Banim Lamakam. So it's so beautiful when the Yivanim wanted to be Mavatel, Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. They said, these are the details. But the generality is, I want you to recognize, Ein Lachem Chelek Yisrael. You are not more a piece of the divine than we are. That's how the two Gzeros sink together. It's even more beautiful in light of the fact that the Maral writes, and Rashi writes on the Medrash, that Kislu al-Keren Hashor, right on the horn of an ox, what does the ox have to do with it? So the Chidah says, who's the ox, who's the Shor? Yosef! Because Yosef tried to establish, you are Bonim, the Chimesh Yisaret Mitzrayim, so we're going to counteract Yosef the ox, you're going to ride on the horn of the ox, Eimachem Chelgisel, Yosef doesn't know what he's saying. But according to the Maral, according to Rashi, the Shor refers to the Chet that the Yivanim wanted to drum up the sin of the golden calf. Amazingly, the Medrash tells us, and the Medrash could be found on number 24 and number 25 of the sheets that say Rameh Hanukkah on it, the Medrash says if you want, would want to know what Madrego Klal Yisrael lost at the Chet HaEgel, the, uh, the Medrash says Klal Yisrael lost the Madrego of Ki Chelek Hashem Amoy. That in fact, at the Chedo Egel, we were no longer reckoned Kichelek Hashem Amoy. So the Yevonim said, look, you're not essentially the children of Hashem. Look at this event in history. There was a moment in history where you lost the Madrega of Kichelek Hashem Amoy. You're not Bonim Lamakon. So which three mitzvahs were in jeopardy in the times of the Yevonim? For, by the way, 52 years, Gematria Kelev. Chodesh, Mila, Shabbos. The Yivanim wanted us to feel we are not Bonim Amakon. Says Rav Aaron of Luniel, one of the great Rishonim. Really, Hanukkah should be seven days. But the celebration of Hanukkah is the celebration of the restoration of Chodesh, which we automatically have in Hanukkah. There's always Rosh Chodesh Tevis in Hanukkah. Shabbos, there's always Shabbos Hanukkah. But we need an eighth day of Hanukkah because the whole purpose of the Yom Tov of Hanukkah is to restore the mitzvahs of Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. So Chodesh we would have in seven days. Shabbos we would have in seven days. And the eighth day is for Mila, says the Chidah. That's why we can't have Sveik of the Yom on Hanukkah. Because if we had Sveik of the Yom, we lost Mila. And then uh, the Yivanim won. So we have eight days of Hanukkah. But Davko, we can't... It's as if it would say, V'lo Yavar on Hanukkah. Because you can't go beyond eight. That's the thing. So the Rosh made us a great miracle on Hanukkah. Who do you think was really basking in the light of Hanukkah? After all, the Rosh is restoring Chaydesh, Mila, and Shabbos. And the Rosh is restoring the Indian that we are Bonim Lamakam. So who do you think is a beaming, watching the miracle of Hanukkah? The Yom Tov of Hanukkah is like the whole essence of who? Rameir, Rameir is in love with the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. 
Reb Meir says, this is what I'm talking about. Even though Kal Yisrael were Nisrashel Ba'avoida, and they were assimilated, the Rebbe Shalom says, it doesn't matter, you're still my beloved Kindalah. Reb Meir loves the miracle of Hanukkah. Says the Bnei Yisachar, so when the Yosem and Kain Gadda formulated Alanisim, he says, yes, Kisha'amda Malchus Yavan Al-Amcha Yisrael, Uli-Amcha Yisrael Asisa Tshua Gadol Chorkan Ka'ayim Azeh, but Yoichanon Kain Gadol is Madgish, at the end of the Alanisim, Yachar Kain, Bo'u Banecha, because the Yom Tov of Chanukah, the miracle of Chanukah, was the Yom restored to us and demonstrated to the entire world. He was Mefarse Milsa, that no matter what, Shitas Rameya, Ben Kachu, Ben Kach, Nekron Banim. Says the Avudraham, don't make the mistake that many make and they omit the line, V'yachar Kach, Bo'u Banecha, says the Avudraham, it's actually on your other set of booklets, all the way in the end, in number 25. Last Maramakoim, Vehamoin, Ha'am, Einam, Oimrim, Viachar Kachbo, Banacha, Venachim, Amrai, Ki, Hu, Iker, Hanes. The main miracle of Hanukkah is Viachar Kachbo, Banacha, that the Rebunshim restored our status of Banim. Don't say Alanisim and miss the boat. Rebbe Hashem stored Chodesh Mila and Shabbos and he demonstrated, Yeishlochem Chelek Lokei Yisrael. You are Banim Lamakayim. Says the Marsha, the Tefillah of Alakadamer Amemi has nothing to do with Rebbe Meir. What Rebbe Meir meant when he said Alakadamer Amemi was whenever he would be in a sorrow, whenever he was worried about something. Whenever there was a difficulty, he said, Elaka, the mayor, Lanu, Benes, Shalchanaka, Hu, Ya'er, Lanu. The mayor, whenever he was in a bind, he taught Klai Yisrael, say as follows. The same way the Rebbein Shalom saved us in the time of Hanukkah, bail us out of this. You got a parking ticket, you can't find your socks, you don't know where your toothbrush is, you don't know where your car keys are. Elaka, the mayor, Anini. What does that mean? You saved us in the times of Hanukkah, save us now. Why is Reb Meir always busy with Hanukkah? What's he so busy with Hanukkah? Why didn't he say, You know, help me find my car keys. That gave us the Torah. Why is Reb Meir always invoking the miracle of Hanukkah? What does Reb Meir have to do with Hanukkah? The light of Hanukkah is the light that no matter what Madriga we're on, we are always the beloved children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's no one who loves Hanukkah more than Rameir. There's no Yom Tif that expresses the world view of Rameir more than the Yom Tif of Hanukkah. So Rameir would say, you showed us, Rebunish Shalom, my Shita, that Ben Kach, Ben Kach, Nikram, Banam, Tanz, Hanukkah, help me out with X, Y, and Z. So he mentioned that we never passed in like Rameir. You know that? The Gemara in Erevin says, on that Gidgimel, we don't pass in like Rameir. Ever. Stam Mishnah Rameir. I am the Sefer Alakadamir Anini. In the back of the book, there are five chapters of Nisbachim. One of them is, how can we not pass in Rameir? Stam Mishnah Rameir. Stam Mishnah Rameir has nothing to do with the fact that we never, ever, ever pass in like Rameir. So one little thing, let's digress. This is a very important point. Who wrote the Mishnah? 
Rabbi Nelson, right? No, no shankles. Not even close. We didn't write the Mishnah. Moshe Kibbal Paramisinai. There were there were Mishnayos in the Midbar. There were she's. There wasn't shisha sidrei mishnah. The Gemara Chagiga says there was shisha sheish meya sidrei mishnah. It was all recorded. It was all written. Mimnei Yeridas Hadoyros of Yehuda Anasi had to consolidate and condense six hundred sidorim into six sidorim. Now, whose text did he use? Every all Tanoim had a little bit of a different girsa of the original mishnah. Reb Meir had. Reb Gamliel had. Everyone had original text of the Mishnah. Whose text did Rebbe use when consolidating the Mishnah? He used the text, the language of Rameir. But when there's a machloikis about something, and Rameir offers his personal opinion, and someone else offers his personal opinion, we never, ever, ever, ever pass on like Rameir. Except for Hilchai Safras. Except when it comes to Nyanik Sefer Torah, because Rameir was a Saifa. And there's one more exception. And that exception is that even though Rabbi Huda is of the opinion that we are not always the children of Hashem, and we would typically pass them like Rabbi Huda, by this machlekes we pass them like Rabbi Why? So the Rajva says in Simon Kutzavidalik and Reish Membez, because Rabbi brings four psukim to support him, so therefore that indicates the halachas like him, or because this is the only time where typically Rameir is a Tanakama, here Rameir is quoted second, that indicates he has the last word. There are many different reasons we paskin like Rameir. One, famously the Satmar Rebbe writes, that what's the reason we don't paskin like Rameir typically? Because lo yardu chacham Nobody knows what he's talking about. He's too deep. But that's when it's relevant to our practice down here in this world. But what if it's relevant to how Hashem treats us then bevaday yarda kadosh baruch hu l'sev daito shurameir. So legabi the fact that we're bala makom, we passing like rameir. The Sam Rebbe says this is pshat. Hayam haras oilam, hayam yamid b'mishpat im kibanim and kavodim. Im kibanim, if we're like children, have rachmanus on us. Im kavodim, imenu l'chatzuyos. And if we're like avodim, so now our eyes hinge on you. What's that supposed to mean? And if we're not. We don't, we're not hinged on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Samar Rebbe says, Goinus. says, Im, if we act like children, then, uh, then even Rabbi Huda would be masculine. We're like children. So you have to have Rachmanus on us. And if we don't act like children, so Rabbi Huda would say we're not. We're dependent on you that, you, that for this Machloikes, you need to be Yore the Saifdaito Yisharameyer we're hinged on you that you should see and understand Rameir Shita and then you'll treat us like Banim and okay but here's another reason why we pass him like Rameir over Rabbi Huda. and that is there's one other very important Tana who agrees to Rameir and that's Rabbi Kiva because Gemara in Masechta Baba Basra has the following Machlekes we'll try to wrap it up because I know we started late the Gemara has Machlekes are you allowed to give tzedakah? So Tornus Rufus, I know a lot of people who, they, they mamish hold, like Tornus Rufus, that you're not allowed to give tzedakah. You know, Tornus Rufus said that, does God love the poor? So Rabbi Kiva says, yeah, he loves the poor. So Tornus Rufus says, so why doesn't he give them a job? He's, he obviously doesn't love them. He says, Tornus Rufus, if you, I hold, if you give tzedakah, you're going straight to Gehenna. Because God said the person should be poor, and you're contravening God's decree. 
I mean, imagine if a king said about one of his servants that he should be poor, and someone sneaks in and feeds him, uh, he's a marid b'malchus. Rabbi Kiva says, bad mashal. If the king says his son should starve in jail, and someone comes and feeds the kid, the king will reward the benefactor. So Rabbi Kiva clearly holds that the reason why you're allowed to give tzedakah is because benkach will benkach miklam banen. In fact, the Parshas Drachim writes that Lafi Shitas Rabbi Yehuda, you're not allowed to give tzedakah bismanazeh. The only reason you're allowed to give tzedakah bismanazeh is because we hold that Ben Kachu Ben Kachu You know why we paskin like Rabbi Meir? It says Rabbi Vav Yosef because Rabbi Akiva paskins like Rabbi Meir because Rabbi Akiva holds that you're allowed to give tzedakah bismanazeh. And even though we never passed like Rabbi Meir, there's a klal and shas, halacha, Rabbi Akiva, mechaverav. So Rabbi Akiva sides with Rabbi Meir. By the way, that's the reason why we give tzedakah, le'iloi mishnas, Rabbi Meir, balanes. Because only according to Rabbi Meir is tzedakah a zuchus. But according to other tanoim, not only you're not doing a mitzvah, you're doing an avera, according to Rabbi Yehuda b'zmanazah. That's the connection between Rabbi Meir and tzedakah. And therefore... If there would ever be a yamtif that we should be madgish and emphasize giving tzedakah to demonstrate that we are the beloved children of Hashem, it's got to be Chanukah. You know what? Chanukah is probably the very essence of tzedakah. And in fact, the Chanukah's Habayis writes that the matria of Chanukah, Ba'at Bash, is the 69th side tzedakah. Because Chanukah, in fact, is the very essence of tzedakah, because the, the light of Hanukkah and the shoyrish of Hanukkah is the light that no matter what, we are always the beloved children of Hashem. Hashem restores Chodesh, Hashem restores Mila, Hashem restores Shabbish, V'yachakein bo'u banecha. There's no wonder then that Rameir would always invoke the light of Hanukkah elokah, v'meir eneinu v'neis shachanukkah hu ya'ir lanu. Now, I'm not done. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> not my fault they started 15 minutes later. <laughs> so, one last thing. Most uh, Jews commemorate the yard site of Reb Meir on Pesan Shemi. You go to any calendar, it says Reb Meir's yard site is Pesach Shemi. But if you look in the Sechana, the Sechana says there's actually no basis for that. It was for financial reasons. They made it up. Sechana writes, everyone was going to the Rashbi on Lagba Oimer. And everyone was pouring money into the Meiron's, Meiron's economy. So Tiberius said, well, what's with us? Because that was the best economic time for the north of Israel. People come to Eretz Yisrael Pesach, and they stay till Shavuos. So they have nothing to do for 49 days. So they go like Boimer Meiron. And they, Tiveria said, okay, you're pumping your money into the economy of Meiron. What about, what about Tiveria? So they said, what, what are you going to do? What are we going to do in Tiveria? Come to Rameir. Why should we come to Rameir? I don't know. Come to Rameir. So they, they said, look, what are you going to make up with this yard site? Then you're going to lose out a day of Tachnan. So they said, fine, here's what we'll do. We'll say his yard site is Pesach Sheni. They don't say Tachnan anyway, Pesach Sheni. And the Kachadu, the Sechemet says, they said, come up to Rameir, you're on your way to Meiron anyway. 
Come to Rameir on Pesach Shemi. It's right nearby, and you're not going to affect Tachna because we don't say Tachna. Says the Sechemet, that is why people began to consider Rameir's yard site on Pesach Shemi. But there's no basis for it, says the Sechemet. And in fact, there is no actual source of Rameir's yard site as Pesach Shemi. So the question is, when is Rav Meir's yard site? Many suggest, and if you speak to the old-time residents of Tiberia, they will say that the yard site of Rav Meir is none other than Rosh Chodesh Kedesh. So why didn't anybody say anything? Nobody wanted to start up with the economy of Tiberia and the people visiting on Lagba Omer, and they were going anyway Pesach Sheni, so they didn't want to make a big deal. So they just said, light a nair, l'iloi nishmas rameir balanes. Why do you think you're lighting a nair? Why else do you light a nair for somebody? Rosh Chodesh Tevis is the yard side of rameir balanes. Now, l'inyoneinu, it comes out so magnificent that rameir's yard site is Rosh Chodesh Tevis Hanukkah. Why? Because there's an amazing medrash. The medrash says, it's uh, the very end, and, and I'm going to close with this, this time for real. The Medr says on Koyhelas, number 22, Says the Medrash, When does a person really inculcate and integrate the teachings of his Rebbe? In other words, when in a person's life do they say, You know what? All these limudin that my Rabbi taught me, I finally get it. When does it sink in? When the Rebbe's not here anymore. Because so long as the Rebbe's alive, you could say, I'll ask him later, I'll hear the video, I'll hear the recording, the whatever, the MP3, the podcast. The Rebbe's not here, then you, re- you realize, okay, I gotta integrate it myself now. So Rav Tzadik says, from here we see a very important lesson. That on the day that a Sabbath <coughs> passes away, that's the day that his teaching is planted into the hearts of Kali what was the great teaching of Rav Meir? The one teaching that we actually paskin like. When in history did that teaching, when was it demonstrated to Kali Yisrael on Hanukkah? And when is that teaching nailed down into the hearts of Kali Yisrael? On Hanukkah, which is possibly the yard site of Rav Meir Balanas. So this Rosh Chodesh Teves, if you happen to have a ner. Think about Rav Meir. In fact, Rav Chaim Falaji writes, a Jew can never be Mesiach Das from the Tana Rav Meir Balanes. It's amazing Lashem. As far as I know, you're allowed to be Mesiach Das from Avram Avinu. You can be Mesiach Das from any of There's no chiv to think about anybody. But there's an obligation to always think about Rav Meir. And that's because we're obligated never to forget the eternal and deep love HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for Klal Yisrael as a whole, and for every single individual, the Yibbam Shem loves us, the Ahavas Oilam, Uvi Ahava Rabba, and we should be Zoyche in turn to be Mekayim, the Yohavta, it's Hashem Lekecha. I want to wish everyone a Felechen Chanukah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.